last week we discussed about uh, Jacob and the theme or the title I gave was work well and uh, learn well and what he learned he was able to use to his advantage and um, and that is an important thing that at a certain moment when it was time for him when he wanted to leave or at least God wanted to him to leave there was a certain moment that he would be able to use what he learned. It is good to learn well and work well in whatever job we have. And I do believe in excellence. If, if you look at the back side of your bulletin, one of our core values is number four, excellence in life and ministry. We do believe in excellence in everything we do. When you say life, that includes everything. That includes career, business, relationships. We believe in excellence. We don't believe in 50%, oh, that's good enough. We do believe in doing our best for the Lord, but not only doing our best. Sometimes we make that as an excuse. I tried my best. No, we want really the best results. And that can only happen by God's grace and by learning well and working well. We do believe in that. And then Jacob, under Laban, uh, endured being uh, deceived by Laban, and according to his recount, though it was not detailed in the past, ten times. Uh, his wages, well, there was really, really a fixed wage there. It was just when what Laban feels like giving him, he gives him, and changes kept happening. And uh, he endured uh, for a long time, 14 years to pay for his two wives, and actually another six or seven years uh, to go through the flock. So that's around 20 years, 20 to 21 years under Laban. But take note that this was a consequence as well of what he did. He deceived his father for a moment, and he made 14 years of paying for his, his wives. Well, he only wanted one wife, but he was tricked by Laban, and he was given the older instead of the younger. Therefore, he had to pay for two wives, okay? Well, there was dowry then. You know what a dowry is? It's something you pay to, to get a bride. So you pay the family. And, and uh, if, if you look at the text, somehow the tradition there is not only the father should receive it, but it should be also shared to the bride, or in this case, the brides. And uh, why is that? There are many in different cultures. There are different perspectives in different cultures. One reason for the dowry is security. Once the uh, uh, would-be husband pays, it's actually given to the, to the father and to the bride. When the bride has her own money or wealth already, should anything happen, the man would die or uh, she would be left to be a single mother, there would be something there. So dowry was practiced then, still practiced around the world. There were seasons in our past that it was practiced, maybe through work or or a gift. Until today, my wife has been asking me for the dowry for after 20 years. I said, you haven't paid your dowry yet. I said, haven't I been paid for it every, every year? It's a joke we tell each other. So here, uh, that was also practiced. So Jacob suffered the consequences. What you saw, you reap. He deceived his father for a while, but reaped many years as a consequence. But God is good. God is a God of plan. And because of God's plan, when he left, God assured him that God has a plan, had a plan for Abraham, had a promise for Abraham. It was a promise to Isaac. And now the promise is also yours, Jacob. 
And I believe that's the confidence he had that one day he will return. Because without God's assurance, I don't think he would. Why? He has a scary brother who wanted to kill him, remember? One reason why he left was the scary brother. In fact, he would still have to face that, that, that time when he would have to go face to face with his scary brother who wanted to kill him because he cheated, cheated his scary brother. And of course, uh, he clearly wanted to kill him and we will be studying that later in the next few Sundays. But now, he wanted to go home. He wanted to go home. But let's begin. You see, in verse 1, let's just look at verse 1. It says, Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's son, saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what belonged to our father, he has made all this wealth. Sometimes people who don't understand the big picture would make comments like that. In fact, Laban knew that without Jacob, his herds would not grow as much. But you see, the son said, it's because... Uh, he took the, the wealth of our father, and they were blaming Jacob. But, you know, Jacob deserved that blame as well. Why? Like we mentioned last time, Jacob would be legal at this point, but he was unethical. If would, he would have left some things for Laban as well. Through working well and learning well, he understood how, how the spotted ones, how, how, how Goats and sheep would, would have spotted ones, spotted offsprings. And he used that knowledge. He used that knowledge that he learned to enrich himself and gave nothing to Laban. If he would have just given some to Laban that was still good, then perhaps this conversation would not be happening. You see, that breeds contempt as well. Prosperity brings contempt. Success brings com contempt from others. So this is what happened then. But we also know that Jacob was also had a revelation from God on how spotted ones work. Amazing how you can learn from your job and at the same time, God's grace is with you to learn more about it. Could be direct revelation of, of how things happen. When I mean revelation, I don't mean revelation of writing the Bible. I do mean insights, divine insights you find at work or in business. So Laban's sons complained how Jacob made his wealth out of their, their father's flock. So Jacob was accused by the brothers. And Jacob as well observed, observed that Laban's attitude, as we have read, somehow changed towards him. You know, Laban is not one who, who would want to lose. Because he's been taking, taking advantage of Jacob for a long time for a long time, and now Jacob had his chance to be legally correct, though unethically correct, and made himself rich, and God allowed it because part of God's plan is truly to prosper Jacob. But if he just left some good flock for Laban or, or made it even equal to a certain point, he's rich and Laban's rich, and all would have been well, and that's where Jacob has not fully grown yet, has not fully transformed yet. But we shall see his transformation in the next few chapters. In fact, in the next chapter, uh, 32, we will see a transformation of Jacob there. And I think every one of you would want to listen to that. How does God transform a man where man can try to transform himself? And he can only succeed to a certain level. But when God takes over, the transformation would be much, much more. So Jacob observed that Laban's attitude has changed. No, maybe, you know, it's hard to blame Laban. Maybe he's thinking, okay, you got one right now. 
you just wait, you, you little guy. I'll get you someday. One day, I'll get the upper hand again. Ayaw magpatalo. No, perhaps. And so, uh, the, the friendly gesture was gone. You see, before, he would endure a deceptive father-in-law, one who would deceive him, but he would show himself friendly. Oh, hello, son-in-law. How are you? Then I actually don't mean how you are. I just wanted to talk to you. Uh, oh, okay. I'd like to give you this one. Oh, sure, you're going to get married soon. And uh, when Jacob said, where's my wife? Instead of saying, where is Rachel? He said, where's my wife? Maybe Laban had the idea that, oh, oh, but, but Leah would have gotten, I couldn't find a, a husband for Leah all the seven years. I'll just give Leah to him in the night. And uh, so Jacob was deceived by somebody who was much, much more a deceiver compared to him. Then God revealed to Jacob, yes, it's time to go back. It's time to go back. He had a dream that it was time to go back. And then he consulted Leah and Rachel. And he said, let's go to the field and let's talk. You see, he wouldn't talk to them in the tents. Why? Because people might hear and then the story would go out. He had to talk to them secretly and privately. So uh, Rachel and Leah went to the field and he discussed something with them. And their response was, you know what? All the things you worked for, all that flock, I think we deserve that. You know why? Because all the work you gave my father, all the wealth you gave my father through your work, we didn't even get a share of it. So they were thinking, dowry, uh, I have the right. As, a, as, as brides, they had the right to the dowry, but they received uh, nothing. So after the consultation, it was unanimous. Rachel and Leah said to him, go do what must be done. If you would observe here, there's a beautiful lesson here. In fact, if I could give another title, because I want to be consistent with the narrative, so the title is Time to Move. Of course, Time to Move Back or Time to Move. But another title I would give this is uh, Principles of Knowing God's Will. So let me share to you the several elements right here. One, he knew the history that God did promise Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There was a promise. So he knew a history that uh, indeed there was a promise in Canaan. Not here, not in Mesopotamia, but in Canaan. There was the, the promise was there. Next, circumstantially, circumstantially, it's no longer friendly. The sons were not friendly. His father-in-law, the boss, was no longer friendly. And uh, that circumstance tells him it's probably time to move. Then third, he had an impression from God, a dream, a communication from God. And if we spend time with God, if we are prayerful, if we learn to, be, to quiet our own opinions, our own thinking, our minds, and our own emotions, if we learn to keep that quiet and open our spirit to the Spirit of God, we would have a sense of direction. And these are one of the things we train people to do. The prayer meeting is just a glimpse of it, but we want to train people to learn to listen to the voice of God. I don't mean a voice like you will hear somebody like, like in the movies, Eduardo, then the heavens would open, here I am, Lord. Oh, but I'm not discounting the fact that that might happen. Uh, <laughs> but if it does happen, whew, 
but most often, I would hear the still small voice of God giving me the direction. Sometimes it takes weeks or months until more often in the presence of God in prayer, there would be a stronger assurance of what direction to take. There are times there's just nothing, meaning wait, like Jacob, stay there. It's not time to go back. So he received no messages from God because he had to learn something. He had to learn to work. He had to learn to work under difficult uh, conditions so that when he had his family, he knew how to enrich his family because the plan was to have a nation. So third was a, a communication from God. And fourth, a consultation for those who are heavily involved or those who will be affected. In this case, it's Rachel and Leah. Four things. Knowing of God's word, the general plan of God was clear that the land of promise was Canaan. Uh, two, circumstantial. Look at the circumstance. What's happening? Three, a message from God, an impression from God, a direction from God. And fourth, a consultation. And you know what? Coming to Bicol, Actually, those four things were relevant for the whole family before coming here. First, I know that God has a call for me, and that calling is, of course, to minister, to, to be a shepherd, yet at the same time, make an impact to my society, whether influencing leaders or being in business. So I felt that integration of that call. And there came a time in Manila, it was harder and harder to align the two of them. I have to do it separately and very far from each other. And so, one, uh, circumstantially, it was getting difficult there to harmonize that calling. And, but we knew that God has a plan. Then circumstantially, uh, uh, I, I had an, a contract signed. And, you know, they keep saying about cacao. And Mr. Pilapil is Mr. Cacao. Uh, please, do not call me Mr. Cacao. I am Mr. Pilapil. Uh, <laughs> you know, I come to Manila in a certain office. Mr. Cacao. Uh, uh, I said, where'd you get that? Oh, I have some, I know some people in Bicol. And he's, they said that you're, uh, okay. Uh, well, what the circumstance was, I went to Singapore. I found one of the largest buyers in the world of cacao. And I have uh, a memorandum of agreement to supply. So circumstantially, it was difficult to do that in Manila. I have to go to a certain place where I know a lot of people and probably there's land. And so we've been steadily challenging people, local government officials and the private sector to get into cacao production because uh, the demand is high and the supply is low. So that's circumstantial. But also another circumstantial was my father giving me, you know, slight impressions that, you know, you can really help uh, GCF there, uh, never asking me directly. You know, his style is not to tell you directly, but, you know, give you ideas and never say, you have to go there, you have to pass through there. He never said that. He was very sensitive about what my decision would be and wanted it to be my decision. So uh, I just came here. I said, okay, I just want to help at least have some preaching duties. Of course, it was the congregation who settled this as well uh, in one. So circumstantially, I had to come here. But spiritually, I was sensing as well. I was sensing as well that, uh, that spiritually there is something happening, going to happen here, that the Lord would use some of the gifts and skills and talents that He has used. And I felt that so much in prayer. Though I have been a part of you since you started, I haven't been here every year. I think there were three or four consecutive years that I didn't visit GCF Naga, and some were wondering if I, were, I was still alive, right? But 
after a time, I just sensed it was God's, God's will. And, uh, and uh, some doors also closed down, and we saw it wasn't God's will. God is a God of plan. And there are times, remember Isaac, when, when Isaac was not being welcomed in certain areas because God wanted him to where God wanted him to be, back to the land of promise. And somehow, uh, God had a, a sense of, I had a sense of God leading us here, but it's not complete unless I consult my family. So one son of mine said, I have to finish grade seven because he would miss his friends so much. Grade six, okay, grade six, because uh, he built friendships, and because he was not ready, I would not move the family because I want everybody to say yes, and it's time. So I made a deal, okay, after grade six, and of course I had to a lot of uh, uh, convincing, you know, after grade six, where are your classmates going to study? And when he found out, half of them are going to study almost in different schools. So you're not going to see them anyway. So that's one. And then, of course, my wife was the most important thing because we have to hear God together. So I would bring her here, uh, not often, but we would go to, to the farm and in the balcony just pray and look at the stars. You know, trying to feel like Abraham. Look at the stars, you know. <laughs> so your descendants shall be. Uh, so the feel of Abraham, the nice stars here, you know. Uh, do you still see the stars? Uh, some of you are so much in your houses, you don't look at the stars anymore. Sometimes look at the stars and, you know, don't just pray like this. Look at the stars and lift your hands and pray to the God of the universe. So at times we would be out there and we would just be praying and, and uh, until I had to wait for her to say, yes, darling, I believe God has a will for us here. Okay, that completes it. It was time to move the next year. So I, after getting everything, I gave the date. I will celebrate my birthday in Biko. means all, we should be living there. So we arrived a few, a week before that, a few days, a few days, a few days before that. So, and I don't think none of us have regretted that decision until now. Uh, were there concerns? Of course there are concerns, like what kind of business will I enter in? Uh, and then I, I didn't pursue renewing contracts in Subic, and these are consultancies and other opportunities. So. There were some things to give up as well, to say, Lord, take care of us when we get there. It was an act of faith as well. So here, embedded in this story, are gems to finding out the will of God. If you're praying for the will of God, try to search for these things. One, pray and let allow the, uh, God to guide you and lead you directly. It might come in impressions, but don't trust every impression because when the devil knows you're praying, he will give you his impressions. Um, so it's important that you are very prayerful. Aside from that is, is look at the Word of God. Look at the Word of God. You know, uh, Jacob knew the general sense of the plan because God gave his word to Abraham and to Isaac. There was a general plan. And the Word of God, the Bible, God gives us the general plan. One thing very clear from Abraham was uh, he was to be blessed so that he can be a blessing to all the nations, all the ethne of the earth to every nation of the earth. 
And that thing continues till today. Through Christ, that blessing continues. When Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we know in the end, in Revelations, that every tongue, meaning every tongue, every language, would be worshiping God. So friends, there is a purpose why God blessed Jacob, and there is a purpose why God blesses us. And that purpose, one meaning, is that we might be a blessing. So the phrase, blessed to be a blessing, means a lot to us. Can you say with me, blessed, blessed. to be a blessing? Yes. We're not blessed to be selfish. We cannot be blessed to be self-centered. Life cannot just be about me and my family. Oh, that, that's an important thing because God wants us to bless our own families. But God wants us to bless others. That's why I do believe in blessing others with the Word of God. I do believe in blessing others, giving others a second chance. I believe in, in, in giving scholarships. And uh, I believe in other areas where we can help. Uh, we support our brother's ministry here in, in, with the poor children. In fact, simultaneous to this two youth camps, he was having a camp for poor children. At the same time, again, we are blessed that GCF members are doing these things in our community. And because that's one way to share God's word, but also to fill their bellies with good food. And sometimes we have these gift givings. Why? Because we are blessed to be a blessing. And at other times, a friend of ours, some friends of ours really adopted, you know, adoption. I mean, uh, wow. Because what kind of blessing is that? That's one of the ultimate blessings you can make. Treat somebody like they are your own, even they are not. So if some of you uh, don't have children and you want to have children, and uh, pray for that. Will that change your life? Definitely. Uh, but that's a big risk. Will they be loving to you as you are to them? I don't know. I don't know. You can share God's word to them, establish them. Will they rebel? Probably, probably not. But that's an ultimate thing of agape love, sharing God's love even though they are not your own blood. And that's a difficult thing. It's easy to bless somebody that came from you biologically, but it's a big thing to extend that blessing to others. But the ultimate blessing we give is, of course, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ planted in the hearts of many, nurtured and then discipled. So God is a God of promise. What he promised Abraham shall be fulfilled. God prospered Jacob after enduring a very difficult environment. If you're encountering a difficult environment, maybe you are there to learn something. Learn well, work well, but maybe it's also time to move. Sometimes it's time to move. Please don't force yourself. Jacob was not afraid to take a step. You know what fear could be waiting for him? Could be death. His brother, whom he stole the blessing from, would be waiting for him, would be there in the land when he gets back. So can you imagine that? So friends, it might be a fearful thing to take a step out of your comfort zone, but if God is leading you to, please do not be afraid. Sometimes we're so afraid to let go of a little time to give to God. When I say pray, read your Bible <laughs> every day, you have to give some time from something else for that. When we have a discipleship group to learn the Bible more and learn from each other, you give up a little time from yourself for that. Don't be afraid. Some of us 
shocked or afraid. And sometimes it's, it it's relates to, to finances. And you know the, what Proverbs says? Those who, who take care of the little they have, we will eventually lose it. But there is one who scatters, who is generous, but does not lose. This does not run out. Why? The more you bless others, the more opportunities open to you as well. That is true in business as well. Some of the best businessmen I know are quite generous with the little things. They invite you for dinner, for lunch. They don't forget your birthday and gifts. And you always remember them so that when you need them in terms of business, you want to buy from them, you call them first because you remember them. But those who don't even, even scatter a bit, but you know there's a spiritual angle to that's the practical angle i'm sure the spiritual angle is what the more you give to the work of god the more you sow god will bless you with a harvest greater one day and that's why you you seem to happen how can you afford bringing so many to school and you know some of them would even confess oh, the truth is i don't make that much i just live simply and i give a lot to others but you know what God has somehow good and always opening opportunities. And I think the more we serve the Lord, the more time we give to the Lord, the more time God gives to us as well. Say, so friends, do not fear. Amen? Can you say, do not fear? So let me just wind up. So uh, remember the four things once again. Okay? Remember the four things. What are the four things? Know the Word of God. Do not go against the Word of God. If the Word of God is against it, that is not the will of God. So know the Word of God. Number two, look at circumstance. Study circumstance. Number three, listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of God. It may not be a, a voice, but sometimes, you know, getting counseling from godly people who know God's Word is important. But please, once you get these counseling things, do not let your emotions take over. And then fourth, consult with others. Now, let me go back to just what I said. Once you know God's will, you must be determined to know God's will and let go of your wishes. Why? Because I trust God's will is the best. I trust that God's will is the best for me. No, I would wish one day that I would be, you know, uh, I would be somebody who is a, 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 a business guru going many places. And by God's grace, I have, I have tasted preaching in, or not preaching, being a business consultant in the Netherlands, in the U.S., in, um, in Singapore, and uh, Malaysia, and Thailand even. So certain places, and then I thought this would be my career, you know, going places. And it seemed well, it paid well. And uh, however, the sense of direction was not L.A., it was not Europe, it was not USA, it was Kamagong San Jose. Uh, <laughs> Do we question God? God is not always logical the same way he, we humans are logical. Remember, God is supernatural, and that is beyond logic. So I'd rather trust God. When something bad happens to us, first thing to do is to trust God. Work well as a Christian, learn well, but trust God. Endure. There are times God says to you, move. Then God says to you, stay and learn. And you're not moving until you learn everything. I will not give you something new. I will not give you a new breakthrough unless you learn what you're going through. Unless you overcome your fear, unless you overcome your unforgiveness, unless you overcome your insecurities, unless you overcome this, you won't go to the next step. 
But once you do, the next step will be waiting. And I believe here Jacob was ready for the next step. The next step was to wrestle with God. He will be wrestling with God. But that's not our discussion today. But eventually, all of us must come to the point when we must wrestle with God and we would be transformed. That would be the next step. He would be about to go home because he has finished here. He has learned to be, though not complete, he has learned to be legal, still unethical, but transformation continues. But that's a good thing about God. You know, God is such a good God. Even though we have flaws in everything, God still fulfills his plan for us, huh? You know, uh, can you say to your neighbor, kahit palpak kaminsan, God is good to you, you know? Kahit palpak kaminsan, God is good to you. So let me round, <laughs> let me finish in application. Endure. Endure it when people take advantage of you. Trust God to prosper you in His time and in His way. Endure. Don't lose your mind. I don't say, magpapika. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you don't lose your perspective. You don't lose your cool. You don't, you don't freak out. You, know, you don't make a scene. You play it. You chill. Then you think. Okay, oh, okay Laban, since I need you this time, I won't go against you this time. I still need you. I'll do play my cards well. No, I don't play cards. It's just a figure of speech. So I'll play it well because I need you. I need because I, I need to get my wife, and then and then I, I'm going to serve you uh, because I need to survive. Uh, for now, I'm here. Play it well. Endure, but play it well. Number two, remember that prosperity can breed enemies, especially if we act in unethical ways. Be careful, watch your ways. But you'll, you'll realize that even if you are ethical, you will still have enemies. Somehow, blessings, success, and prosperity breeds envy and breeds enemies. That's why my advice to you, my friends, in the age of social media, do not brag too much. I have a new car. Picture, picture, picture. Post to everyone. And then, I have a new car. Oh, I have a, a new toy. Picture, 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 and tell everyone I have a new toy. One of them will find you in contempt, or, well, that sounds like a judge, uh, but one of them will feel contempt towards you and feel envious towards you and feel that you're such a brag, and they will not like you very much. Remember, if you are blessed with material things, be quiet. If you're blessed with spiritual things, then that's amazing. It was an amazing experience to go to the camp. Share that for crying out loud. And then we invite everybody there. But when it comes to material things, please. When it comes to fame and honor, please chill. Be careful, enemies. You might be starting enemies as well. You have to play it right. Be a chess player. And in, in, if you have to share something, Please give the glory to God. We appreciate every good thing, every honor and awards received here. Truly enough, in the Christian community, we don't want envy here. Yet, if you are the one receiving the blessing, don't toot your horn too much. You know why? Be very careful. There's one thing that God does not share. He shares everything to us. He shared Jesus Christ with us, gave his, his, his son for us. 
And he made us co-heir of the promise. Everything that Jesus possesses in his very own, he shares to us as co-heir in the kingdom of God. But one thing he does not share, he does not share the glory. We never take the glory. Once something good happens, what we say, glory to God alone. When we thank somebody because God used them, you say, I thank God for your life. If you want to thank me at times because sometimes God uses me to an amazing message, you say, I thank God for the message today, Pastor. Please do not tempt me. Pastor, you're so good, you know. When you preach, you're so amazing. God knows that, all right? <laughs> we give the glory to God. So be careful because prosperity can breed enemies. Uh, next, do not be like Laban who deals unfairly in money matters with others, including his daughters. We do not change the deal. Once you make a deal, you do not change the deal. You don't suddenly change it. You don't suddenly say, interest." Uh, no, you don't change the deal. You don't just change the deal in terms of you agreed into something, you agreed to work five days a week, and then you report four days only. Don't change the deal. You become committed to the deal. You commit to what you have committed to the same way in Christ. You know, when we gave ourselves to Jesus Christ, when you say He is your Lord, your Savior, if we repented of our sins and have faith in Him, He gave Himself for us. We give our lives to Him. That's the deal. That's the deal. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything. That's the deal. And we cannot, should not turn back from that. Jesus said, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of me. Unless a man deny himself and take up his cross daily, cannot follow me, cannot be my disciple. So friends, we made a commitment. We keep that commitment. But it's the best decision we ever made. Why? What is our life? After death, what is it? Nothing. What, what awaits us? If Jesus awaits us, we have everything. Everything. That's why we encourage you to think in eternal matters, not only in earthly matters. Earthly matters may be important now, but eternal matters are more important after we leave this earth. But it is also important now because right now we invest in those eternal things. We invest in the eternal treasures. Jesus said, where your heart is, your treasure is there also. So if your heart is in the kingdom of God, then you build treasures in the kingdom of God. If your heart is so much on this earth, then you might be rewarded just on this earth. But what matters most? Well, if God would bless you on this earth, there is a purpose. Not so you can have all the fame. Not so that you just can use it for your selfish needs. For what purpose? Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed that we might bless others. And that is the life we live. And that is the Abraham, part of the Abrahamic covenant fulfilled through Christ. And Galatians says, we are children of Abraham through Christ. It means we are also blessed for what purpose that we might be a blessing. Let us all rise and pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for a message, for your message. We ask, O oh Lord, 
that you allow us to practice these things when we seek your will for our lives, that we may know to look at circumstance, that we may know to look what you have generally planned in your word, that we may listen to your voice through the silent times of prayer, and then we may also consult, consult those who would be affected by our decisions. Father, bless your people, Lord. Bless your people with spiritual knowledge, and we pray that you enrich their spiritual lives. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. God bless you.